If you've got your Bible, why don't you grab it? And uh, if you don't have a Bible, maybe take the time now to download one on your phone. I'm gonna, we're going to put the Scriptures up on the screen as well. But if you've got your uh, phone Bible, you might be even better served uh, today because we'll look at a couple of translations uh, of this passage that we're going to look up in a moment. So grab your Bible. If you're taking notes, you might want to, uh, if, if you don't normally take notes, you might want to. I'm, how many people are note takers? Give me a wave. Note takers, when you hear a good idea, write it down. How many, uh, I'm one of those people who takes notes, but I never, ever look at them again. Yeah, yeah. I, I could even take the note, throw it away, because then I remember it because I took, noted it down. Uh, and uh, so if you're it, it, just speaking educationally, sorry, uh, if you're not a note taker, it could be something that helps you remember uh, what's happening in a service. And we'll look at the scripture in a minute. I'll tell you why it's probably a good idea to remember some things that are happening. Is that cool? Wow. Um, I just, um, Kate, I just really feel that God wants to, sorry, I just really feel God wants to bring you a word of encouragement. And I just, so I just feel like, I feel like the Holy Spirit wants to encourage you. And, and I was just, you know, it's just, just when I saw you, I, I thought, oh, God wants to encourage you. And, um, you know, we, we know you're pregnant, and, but, but it's a new season. And it's not, you know, the things of the natural are also a part of your whole life. Which your whole life changes, but there's this whole new season. And I really feel like God's saying that the, the key thing for you to focus on and the key thing that God loves about you is your worship is your heart for worship. And it's your heart for worship that actually creates the atmosphere around your life. Um, and people think, well, Kate's friendly or Kate's smiley or whatever that people might say or think. But it's actually the atmosphere of worship that you create around you. And actually in parenting, in motherhood, it's that atmosphere of worship that's going to be the, the thing that your baby grows in uh, and, that, and develops as a person. And it's an important thing for you not to over, you know, sometimes, like, oh, how do I do this? Actually, you just do this how you've done everything else with this heart for worship, this, this love for life, the love for people, and it's going to, in the new season, you're going to see yourself moving forward in great strength. And, uh, cool? Amen? Very cool. Uh, just the, on the end, the, the woman on the end in the white jacket, I, I, I'm really sorry I don't know your name. Tyler, I just really feel like God's bringing strength to you, and that you felt like, I don't know your situation, but you felt like, I wish I was stronger. Or if I was stronger, I'd be in a better position. Or if I was that. And God's just saying, come on, He's making you strong. He's bringing strength to you. And in the season that you're in, yeah, maybe it's like, it actually feels like God's shouting at you, do more squats or whatever. Uh, and life's got, maybe life's got challenges. I don't know your situation, but the, every, everyone's situation has challenges, right? But in those challenges, God's really saying, come on, this is, this is how you get stronger. I'm making you stronger. I'm moving you forward uh, in great things. Amen? Because we're in it, Luther, I just really reckon God's about to open new doors. And we were just chatting in the 184, 180. And I just really reckon God's going to open new doors. But He's waiting for you to start to describe the door you want open. And actually, you need to start praying and say, um, take, take a leaf out of um, Harris's book. Start praying specifically for the, the job space that you want or that you think you want. And just start describing God oh, like an opportunity to do X, Y, or Z um, and just see what God will do. And it's almost like God wants, to, wants you to learn something about the power of prayer in the, in the whole season that you're in. You know, He's opening the doors, but in the middle of it, He wants you to learn uh, something. Is that all right? Yeah, very good. We don't normally always do that. But I really, do you know, when you come to church, wouldn't it, isn't it a good thing? To, God actually speaking. Uh, that's why I was talking about taking notes, and, and, and let's, grab the, let's grab our Bibles, let's read this uh, passage that we're, that we're looking into today, and, um, because that's what I'm, it's part of why I was saying we should probably take notes. Um, in 1 Thessalonians is what I'm looking at, 1 Thessalonians, uh, and it's chapter 5, so it's the last chapter in the book, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, and we're going to read from, let me get my reference here, I've got 
probably got one too many pieces of paper on my thing. We're first chapter five, and we're reading from verse 16. So if you've got that, I'm going to read in the New King James Version, Laura. Um, so in New King James Version, First Thessalonians chapter five, and verse 12. I'm really sorry, 16. Verse 16, is that right? Verse 12 is good. It's actually, oh, should I read verse 12? It's talking about me. It says, We urge you, brethren, to recognize those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and who admonish you. Anyone feeling admonished this morning? Remember and esteem them highly. That's good. I should have read that one. Anyway, verse 16 says this. Uh, Verse 16 says, Rejoice always. Everyone say rejoice. Rejoice always. Pray. Everyone say pray. Pray without ceasing. Uh, In everything give thanks. Everyone say thanks. Everyone give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. It's quite a complicated sentence. And it says, uh, do not quench the Holy Spirit uh, and do not despise prophecies. So test every word and hold fast to that which is good. So that's what I was talking about. We're going to hold fast to the words that are good, the encouragements that are good. And it says, abstain from every form of evil. Could we throw it up on the screen, Maddie? Man, wow. If throw it up on the could we have a look at it in the New Living Translation of the Bible? And it's all pretty similar, the different translations. But the New Living Translation from verse 16 says this. Always be Joyful. So it was rejoice always. Now it's saying always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances for this is God's will for those of you who belong. So for, for you who belong or for those of you who belong to Christ Jesus. So if, it's, if we belong to Christ Jesus, God's plan for us, His desire for us is that we'd always be thankful whatever the circumstance around us. The next verse is cool too. It says, do not stifle the Holy Spirit. Do not scoff at prophecies. And then it says, test everything that is said and hold on to what is good. Isn't that good? Isn't that good? Well, at the moment, as you know, we're in this series, or it's just two weeks, we're thinking about Thanksgiving. And if you weren't here last week, you should have a listen to what uh, uh, Jono preached uh, around, uh, he was preaching Thanksgiving, but he really focused in on this, the idea of contentment. And what the highlight was that he quoted Socrates. I think that, not, that doesn't happen every Sunday. And uh, Socrates, a Socratean quote was awesome. And Socrates said this about contentment, the, the man or the person who's not content with what they have now will not be content with what they want. And I just thought, yeah, well, Socrates, maybe he's right, maybe he's wrong, but I think that's true. I definitely know that's true in my life, that actually, you, you, how many of you have ever had that feeling of you, you want this next thing? Or, man, if I had a different car, anyone had one of those cars? Yeah, if I had a different car, then all of my life would be better. Now, you'd never say it like that, but you sort of talk about it and think about it like that. That the real problem with your life is that you, that you have a car that's breaking down and you can see the road through the floor as you're driving along. And it's pretty unsafe. But, but the point is that when you get the new car, how many people know a new car feels new until the first time a kid gets in it? Uh, <laughs> But a new car, and it, and it feels great, doesn't it, to have a new, a new car or, or a new house or, or, or whatever, a new, new pair of shoes feels good uh, up until it's not new anymore. And then, then, then you can quite quickly start thinking, oh, I need this next thing. And uh, when it comes to Thanksgiving, 
Uh, the Bible teaches, as we've just read, and we're going to look into it a little bit more, that we should be thankful in all circumstances. So we should always be thankful. But actually, in November is a good time of year to stop and think, right? So we should be thankful all the time. But actually, this is a season to stop and think and to pause a little bit, isn't it? And just think about what we're thankful for. And so actually, if you're taking notes, if you've got your phone out, like I've told you to do, get your phone out, Wakash. Wakash is such an intelligent young man. He's just remembering every word. Uh, Why don't you, across the service, I'm just going to challenge you, across the sermon while I'm talking, uh, just think of at least 10 things. Just, uh, Just allow them to come to your mind as you're sitting there. What are the 10 things you're most thankful for today? What are the things you're most thankful for? The 10 most, uh, I'm asking you to think of the things you're most thankful for so that you have to work a little bit harder mentally. You can't just write 10 old things down, you know. I actually think, what's the, what's the 10 things you're most thankful for? You don't have to rank them in order because that could get difficult if you have more than one child. Uh, and, uh, and, uh, and, and just think of those 10 things as we go because it's, it's worth taking some time to stop and pause, don't you reckon? Yeah, yeah, John, I reckon it's worth taking some time. And uh, the, the whole, you know, how many people have heard that, you might have heard the, the story of Thanksgiving in, in the American tradition or the U.S. tradition of Thanksgiving, which was this week. Um, it's actually an older sort of thing than that. Uh, the reason it's November is obviously it's the end, uh, it's, it's a good time for us. It, it's the end of the summer in the Northern Hemisphere where most of our cultures come from and, and where they have, in the Northern Hemisphere, they have these more dominant seasons where you grow throughout the, you grow uh, crops from, from early spring, you plant, and then you grow crops right through up until sort of October, you're starting to bring things, and November is really the very end of any sort of harvesting, uh, the further north it's sort of earlier, but at November sort of the end of any sort of harvesting, and at that point, when you harvest, if you think of an old agricultural society, when you harvest, that's it. It's not like you can take another trip to the supermarket. That's the food you've got to eat right through until the next, really the next harvest or the next begin of the next harvest, which would be the middle of the next summer sort of before you get any more food. Uh, and, and, and the idea is that you stop, that, that the practices or this, this tradition is, there's a great time of year to stop and just be thankful. Thankful for this pumpkin and thankful for that, you know, that string of beans or whatever we're thankful for. And that's what we're doing in church this this month, right? We're stopping and we're saying, hey, we're thankful for this. And we're thankful for what you've done this year between last November and this November. Have you moved forward somewhere in your life? Have you have you have you learned something somewhere in your life? Has something good happened in the last twelve months? Now you might not be able to think of something this week, right? Not every week has a good thing happen, and it probably does, but you can't always notice it. But in 12 months, what good things have happened? In 12 months, what can we be thankful for? And so challenge your challenge across the sermon, right? Uh, if you're sitting next to someone you know well, keep an eye on them. Steal some of their ideas. Jono will have a lot of good ideas. So uh, steal some ideas of the person next to you. Your challenge is to come up with 10 things that you're most thankful for before the end of the service. Is that all right? Awesome. Well, do you know, um, the book of Thessalonians is actually an interesting book in the Bible. The reason I think it's interesting, it's actually the, of all of the epistles, which are the books from uh, Corinthians, Romans, those, the names are named after a town, Thessalonians is one of the oldest, if not the oldest, of these sort of epistles. So it's one of the earliest bits of New Testament writing. It was written before the Gospels, and it's written by a guy whose name is Paul, who we hear about a lot. He wrote most of those epistles to the churches, and his, his role was to, to, to lead those churches in, in, in 
in understanding or discovering what it means to live a life that reflects Jesus. What does it mean to live a life that reflects what the, what salvation has done inside of us? Uh, and, and so all of through Thessalonians, he's writing to a community of faith, pr- probably a, a, just a group of people in, in the, the town of Thessaloniki, and he's writing to them, and they they read it on a Sunday, right? So it's a bit like a live stream, how we do sometimes when we have someone preaching somewhere else and we see them on the video. It's a bit like that, uh, but it would take a month to write it on papyrus, and then it would take weeks to get traveled across land. So it's it's live stream, but with you know, quite a lot of like quite a lot of buffering. Uh, and uh, and uh, so he'd write it, and that's what this is. This is a, a letter that was read out to the church at Thessalonians, uh, Thess- to the Thessalonian church in Thessalon. I like it. It's in Thessaloniki. Everyone say Thessaloniki. It's a great little town. And um, but when they read it, what happened was they read it to everyone, and everyone in the in the congregation just was a, a collective wow. This is an amazing piece of writing, right? And, and, they, and so they copied it, and they sent it all around, which is why we've got it now, because ancient papyrus didn't last very long. But the reason we have it now is because it got copied hand to hand. It got copied by hand, by usually by Jewish scribes that were in the, each of those locations, would be copied from hand to hand and then distributed to other churches. They're like, man, that, this is awesome. God is saying something to us in this piece of writing, and that's why we have it today, because God's still speaking to us in it. And I don't know, the, the reality of who Jesus is is such a big deal, right? And we probably, as even as Christians, we don't think about it or talk about it enough. That who Jesus is is a big deal. God himself has come to earth. Okay, that's, we're coming up to Christmas. We celebrate the, the baby Jesus, but we can forget that the, the baby Jesus is God himself coming in human form. He comes as human in human form because of the problem of sin. How many people know that, that, that sin's the problem? You might think you have marriage problems, but the problem is sin. You might think, you might think the world has got social problems, but the problem is sin. Uh, that, that people fall short of the plan God originally had for them. How many people know that as a parent, your children tend to fall short of your plan? We're leaving the house to get to on holiday, we're leaving at 10 a.m. How many of you know that the children always will fall short of your plan, right? And the problem is, the problem is sin. How many people are flatting? You have flatmates? How many of you know that sin is the problem? Your flatmates, your flatmates fall short. This is what the Bible says, that, that, uh, that sin is that we all, all of sin and we fall short of God's glorious standard, Right? Everyone, we've all got, the thing about this glorious standard that God has, we all have that same standard, but, but we have it of everyone else. We don't apply it to ourselves. That'd be a little bit too painful, but we have this glorious standard and all of our flatmates fall short, don't they? Alistair's flatmates aren't here. He's quite vocally confirming that they all fall short of Alistair's glorious standard for how the house should run. I, you know, and, and the reality is that's the problem with the world. Now, it manifests or it's evidence, the problem of sin is evidence all over. Like it's evidenced in family breakdown and crime. It's evidenced in global warming. But the big problem is that human beings don't actually live up to how they're supposed to be. Everyone knows. Everyone knows that human beings could be better. That's why so many people work to see that happen. Or not, 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 just, not just Christians, right? Lots of different people, lots of different faiths, lots of people who are secular in their belief. They're working to see humanity because, man, humanity could be better than it really is, 
right? This, this could be better, you know, no more wars or whatever. It's this desire to come on, reach this glorious standard, this glorious thing that God put inside of us, right? But we can't reach it without Jesus. God himself comes as human in a human form, and then he dies a painful death as a human being and as a representative of all of our sins, the things, that, the things we do that fall short of the standard, but also as a representative covering the fact that this whole thing, sin, exists, right? Some people are glazing over, but this is the whole deal. Jesus dies to pay the penalty for sin, for the fact that everyone... And humanity as a whole has not met God's glorious standard. Because we haven't met God's glorious standard, we're separated. There's a rift in the relationship between the the creator and source of life in all the universe and the universe itself. And Jesus himself bridges that gap, right? And this is what we believe as Christians, that Jesus bridges that gap when we acknowledge Jesus as our personal Savior and Lord, right? Then we are reconnected with the life source of the Father. The life source, and we call him the Father because he's the creator and he's the source of all things. We use the term in English, we say the word God. In Arabic, they would say Allah, right? So Christians would say Allah. It's this, this idea of this God who's above all things, beyond all things. And we believe as Christians that our way to connect with the God who's above all things and beyond all things is this man, Jesus, and his death and his resurrection has made the way for us to connect with God. Isn't it good? And that's why we're here this morning. We're not here this morning uh, to, to, to just encourage each other, although we'll do that. We're not here this morning just to worship, although we'll do that. But the fact that we can worship is because of who Jesus is. We're connected together. We're connected with God the Father because of who Jesus is, right? That's what it's all about, right? Because you, you could get mixed up. If, you know, I taught in a, uh, like a church school in, in the U.K., and, uh, and it, was a, it was a pretty formal sort of a church environment. And um, when the kids had to go to, ch- when we had to take the kids to church, they had to sit in, you know, they had to sit in row, you know, sort of certain rows and they had to sit a certain way and, and then different candles were lit. And, um, and, and you had to, they, the kids had to hold their hands like that to pray. Uh, that was mainly so there wasn't fighting. Uh, when the, you know, so the teachers could close their eyes for a moment, uh, and 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 it was sort of a, a religious process, and it, it was never meant. It was always meant to draw people closer to God, Creator, and, and that's what it, that's what it does. But because it became a human tradition, it can have the the opposite effect by accident of pushing people away and maybe think, well, that's sort of just a ritual. And we could do the same thing here. We sit in our plastic chairs. We look at the words on the screen. Uh, we, you know, we have a, someone play the drums, and we can sort of think, "Well, this is just ritual." But it's and it's sort of it's more habit for us. In, in in twenty years' time, it might be ritual, but hopefully, we change and and keep it real because it's about a real connection with God, a real connection with the love of God, a real connection through Jesus with God who loves us. Right? So you could get confused, couldn't you? The other thing you can get confused about is if, if, you, if you grow up in church or if you have much connection with Christians, it can sometimes sound like, or the way people talk, or might be even what people actually believe, it can sound like we have to behave a certain way. You know, as soon as people hear that I'm a pastor, they stop swearing, yeah, you know, or they feel awkward about the fact that, that, that we've both been swearing. No, that they've been swearing. I don't swear, I don't swear hardly much at all, but I, but I have different definitions for swear words than other people, right? <laughs> I would never swear, but there's some things you think is a swear word. I think it's just normal talking. Uh, anyhow, 
<laughs> Anyhow, Rachel was laughing because she has an even looser definition of what swearing is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but you know, have you ever heard say that? I, I've even heard, I've invited people to church sometimes and they say, oh, I couldn't possibly come to church. Not me, I'm so bad. The church would fall down. Uh, you know, that was true of our last building. It could have happened. A big enough earthquake, it would fall down, right? But the, but the reality is, it's, it's, the whole Jesus thing is not firstly about how you behave. It's sort of not really ever about that. Your behavior should change as you connect with Jesus. Like, if you re- rewind a couple of weeks, Pastor Sam was preaching about that Jesus talked about himself as the vine, and we are the branches, and as we connect with Jesus, we bear fruit, which is a nice picture language for the fact that different things come out of our life if we're connected to Jesus, right? So that should happen. As we connect with Jesus, different things result in our life, but it's actually our connection with Jesus that makes the difference. So, some, But sometimes we get that completely around the wrong way. I know for me growing up, I always thought it was around the other way. I had to behave a certain way to live up to a standard to, be, to connect with Jesus. Or Jesus wouldn't be my friend if I'd been telling lies, you know. Uh, if you tell lies, the baby Jesus cries. How many of you have heard that one? The baby Jesus doesn't cry when you tell lies because the baby Jesus knows everything he already knew you were going to lie. He's not surprised, right? Because the reason the baby Jesus came in the first place is because everyone has sinned and everyone has fallen short of the glory of God. So when you make a mistake or when you live below God's best for your life, the baby Jesus is not, oh, I can't believe that happened. That's not what's going on. But we think, well, God's going to stay distant from me, right? So when we look at this verse, it says these things. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances. It goes on and says, don't quench the spirit. Respect prophecies and the word of God. Hold on to the good things, right? And then, then it says this thing, avoid even the appearance of evil, right? And we can, I'm going to talk about that in a minute. But before I do, I want you to understand that these are things that come out of what Jesus is doing inside of us. As Jesus works in our life, we become these people who are joyful. Right? So it's not a rule, right? So when I start talking about being joyful all the time, we're not going to go from here and all just be, let's be those Christians who pretend to be happy all the time. That's not, that's not what I'm talking about, right? But you could easily get it that way around if you just read it. Rejoice always. Okay. Um, John, can you hear me? A third of my sermon just disappeared. Uh, did, did you get what I mean? You, you know, I don't know if you've got, um, you know, I don't know if you've ever tried to be happy all the time. <laughs> you know, and there's actually nothing wrong with smiling. You know, even if it's a fake smile, it's actually still good for you. Dougal was telling me the other day that in your brain, when you, you know, when you laugh, you know, the Bible says a merry heart is good for medicine. It's good medicine. And then when you scan someone's brain and look at the hormone changes, when you laugh, good things happen in your body physically, and it's actually healthy, right? But did you know when you fake laugh, <laughs> when you fake laugh, <laughs> those are my good fake laughs, but when you fake laugh, it's just as good for you as a, as a real laugh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so if you are feeling a bit, you know, wake up in the morning with a bit of a headache, just do some fake laughing. Ha, 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 And just see what happens, right? But that's not what, I, but what I'm talking about is this. What the Apostle Paul's saying is he's giving people instructions. 
That's what it says. In my Bible, it says final instructions. But he's really not. He's really describing what being a God follower, what it will do inside of you. If we can connect with Jesus and Jesus, the Holy Spirit is alive in us and we allow the Holy Spirit to work in us, we become these people who are joyful, who rejoice always, right? Who pray always. We pray without ceasing. We're praying all the time. And we're thankful in every circumstance. We're thankful. Whatever's going on, we're thankful because of what God's doing inside of us. And I reckon that's an awesome thing. Um, So I think it's like, I think of it like this. You could think of it like a list of rules. Rejoice always. Ha, 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 ha. How you doing? I'm rejoicing, brother. <laughs> Hallelujah. Why do we use Jewish terms like that? I don't know. I'm rejoicing always, right? And we could force it, right? Which is, will last for about three, three or four days if you're real disciplined, 30 or 40 minutes if you're me. We could do that. But I think of it like this. I think of these things. There's, there's seven things in this little passage that I think are a salad as opposed to a list of rules. How many people like salad? Not so many people. Oh, yeah, just a few. Yeah. Alistair like, you can, how many people, stand up, Alistair. How many people know that Alistair likes salad? <laughs> yeah, yeah. How many people know that I should spend more time eating with Alistair? Yeah, rather than, but, but my favorite salad, how many people know there's salads and then there's other salads? One of my favorite salads is a Caesar salad, which my uncle refers to as a fat man's salad. Uh, he's a fat man, and it's a fat man salad because you can eat it and still maintain your body shape. Uh, and uh, but Caesar salad is good. But one of my favourite salads, you know, if you you know, for those of us who grew up in New Zealand, you know, my parents can remember the first Chinese takeaways that opened up. Like prior, you know, see, young people don't. Someone said, "Wow, Colleen, wow." Not that long ago, there was nothing to eat but the pie cart, pie and peas at the pie cart, right? It's not that long ago. And then they had this new food called Chinese takeaways. <laughs> and uh, when my mum and dad were first going out, they would go to the, oh, there's this new thing, Chinese. Let's go and eat Chinese food. And it's like, wow, rice. <laughs> wow. And, and as, a, you know, as a young adult in his early 20s, my dad had rice for the first time, having previously only ever eaten potatoes at every single meal, right? But when I went to the UK, I just stumbled across this. These, these, there's a couple of different salads I stumbled across first time. One is the, is the tricolor salad, which is mozzarella cheese, tomato, and basil. Anybody? Yeah, it's pretty good, eh? Yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, and the other salad, I can't even remember what it's called. My, my friend Giorgio used to make it, and he's Italian. He, I think he called it a salsa, but I think he used that word for lots of things. Uh, and it was just uh, tomatoes sort of diced. And cucumber diced, about the same size as each other, and then just lots of olive oil and balsamic vinegar and salt and pepper, right? How many people know that one? Yeah, and it's probably my favorite salad. It's sort of a man salad because it's vinegary. I'm telling myself that is. Uh, and, and, you can, and also you can control how healthy it is by the amount of uh, olive oil that you add. So with the right amount of oil, it's still, you know, full of fat, basically. You can really make it worth eating uh, and tasty by, by doing that, right? And I think of these things. So rejoice always, pray continually, uh, give thanks in all circumstances. I think of these as a salad. Rejoice always, pray continuously, give thanks in all circumstances. I think of it like a salad rather than a list of rules. Am I rejoicing always? Come on, these are things that we need to mix up into our life. These are things that we want part of the flavor of our life, right? Do you get what I mean? And we've got to find these things. And I I reckon the challenge with rejoicing always, 
praying all the time and giving thanks in all circumstances is that we've got to make the salad. You've got to make, this is something that can come alive in our life, but Paul's saying, come on, we've got to find the salad, you know, and when you, how many people, uh, my mum does ingredients, and she does recipes, my mum does recipes um, without ever referring to the book because she can remember it. How many people can always remember it? Uh, And if you ask my mum for a recipe, she'll just say, oh, uh, a handful of, and a bit of this, and a bit of that, she'll leave out three or four of them. Uh, swap them around, and you end up with amazing food. Like, but like, like, wow, that was amazing. I was like, wow, that was amazing. Uh, and somewhat dangerous food, uh, right? And, and when it comes to a recipe, you, 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 the, the recipes, the, the realities, are, it's, not a, it's not about the amounts as much. Different if you're baking a cake, but if you're making a salad, it's not like, well, exactly how much tomato do I put in? You know, 327 grams of tomato. When we make the salad of rejoicing, you just put some in. When we're making this salad that's expressing the life of Jesus, come on, just put some rejoicing in your life. And, and, and the Bible says it always, so always include tomato. That's actually a pretty good rule for a salad. Always include rejoicing. Always include it. Always, always make sure there's some rejoicing going on. There, you know, what's going on in your life? Well, always make sure in the mix of your life, there's rejoicing happening. How do you do that? I don't know how you do that. But how do you make a salad? You have to find the ingredient, don't you? Where are you this week, could you find some rejoicing? Today, could you find some rejoicing? In your list of 10 things that you're thankful for, could you be joyful about one of them? Is there something to be a bit joyful about? You know, I, I, I don't know about you, but little things matter to me. I, I think in life you've got to look for things to rejoice about. And, and on f- Friday afternoon, I got an email from my good friends at Sky Television. And they said, well, you can watch the first day of the cricket free on Fan Pass. And I was, I was just rejoicing. Yeah, I, I literally, I was like, wow, that's awesome. That's awesome. I was looking after about, it turned out to about 27 kids I was looking after on Friday. And uh, they all played with the Nerf guns down the other end of the room. Uh, and Matt Lucia was dominating the whole TV, smallest person, only in our biggest room. And uh, she was watching the TV. And then on the laptop, I was just watching the cricket. And I was rejoicing. But you actually, to, to, to include rejoicing into the salad of your life, you actually have to look for it. So if you're making notes, write, it, write down, look for it. If you want this ingredient in life, you have to go and look for it. You have to go and, you have to go and get it. Do you know what rejoicing is, should I tell you? To rejoice, you, are, you probably know what it means, right? Everyone? Everyone's a bit quiet today. Do you know what rejoicing means? It says this, to feel or show great joy or delight. To feel or show great joy or delight. Do you know you actually have to look for things to be delighted in? You have to look for things to be delighted in. Get up early enough to see a sunrise. Stop for a moment. There's a cool moment in Karori, those of us who live in Karori. There's a cool moment in the evening if it's still enough that the birds are still singing. If it's... If the wind's blowing, you can't hear anything but the wind in your ears. But if it's still enough, my favorite moment in the evening is when the, the, the tuis are still singing. And then there's this crossover moment where the pork starts. And then the pork and the tuis sing together for only for about 30 seconds. And then the tuis are like, okay, knock it off, boys. We're done for the day. And then the pork takes over. 
as like shift change. It's like you can hear them high five and yep, yep, no, no, it's all going good. Yeah, don't worry about the don't worry about the people Thurley Grove. You know, rah, rah, you know, they they sign out and they all the twoies like line up and ching and off they go. It's the best moment in the day, but you don't get to rejoice in it unless you. Oh, actually, this is the moment to rejoice. You know, at breakfast time with the kids, you can actually be throwing rice bubbles around and shouting, or you could actually rejoice. Just rejoice in the fact, oh, there you go, Lucia's pouring her own milk again. <laughs> if you have to, fake laugh. <laughs> and the rice bubbles are such a stupid invention, eh? Like, a ri- what we need is a rice bubble bowl, and James Court, you could design this, a rice bubble bowl where one side is a normal bowl and the other side is built for the, for the slosh. Do you know what I mean? So that when someone, because you, know, you know the milk goes in and then everything swashes out the other side of the bowl. So we just need a rice bubble bowl that's perfectly curved like that. So the rice sloshes up and then back. Right, someone take notes on that. That's worth patenting. But you can, you, you know, it's actually just, are you looking to rejoice or are you just bumbling through? Most of the time I'm bumbling through, Right. And, and we end up, you know, you know, this beautiful salad, which Giorgio calls a, a, a salsa, is the tomatoes chopped up, it's the cucumbers in there, and the balsamic vinegar, and the oil. And we can sort of think, yeah, I know what it's like to be a Christian. And we, and we throw a tomato and two courgettes in a bowl. Yeah, that's rejoicing and thanking. What was the other one? I can't remember the other thing. But actually, no, come on, let's look, let's look for something to rejoice about. Come on, praying continually. We, we, we normally get, we normally what we do here on a Sunday morning is awesome. The guys come in at 5.30, they throw the stage together, then everyone sets up the sound system. They, they straight, Dougal gets out like a, a theater light and a laser rule and straightens the chairs. Uh, put up the curtains at the back, the guys sound checking, and then they set up the foyer and the kids' space. It's nice and simple, right? And then at 9 o'clock, we all get together and pray. But today, because the stage had to be set up twice and there's people filming an ACC thing and et cetera, et cetera, we couldn't have a prayer meeting. But what people just did is they just prayed as they were setting up, just as they were putting things together. And I thought, well, that's quite cool because that's what I'm going to talk about. You know, sometimes we wait for, sometimes we wait for, the, for the, the worst diagnosis the doctor could ever come up with. Then we say, well, it's time to pray. Well, actually, it was a long time to pray a long time ago. Uh, you know, wouldn't you, would you, do you want God's help with you uh, on the way to work on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday? Well, why don't you say, God, help me in work today? You know, some people think, well, that's not really a prayer. Well, uh, uh, shall I tell you what a prayer is? I've got the definition of prayer as well. Uh, it's to, an, to pray is to address a prayer. A prayer is a request for help. To address a request for help to God. It's a solemn request for help or an expression of thanks. So to pray is just a, a solemn request for thanks, for help, sorry. A solemn request for help. God, would you help me today? My, my dad sold computers before anyone knew what they were. So the people you were selling them to didn't know what they were. He didn't know what they were. They were it was 1983 and they were selling computers. <laughs> right? And, and my dad's super shy introvert, or was at the time, super shy introvert, um, and, and he got this job selling computers in Melbourne. And he ended up making heaps of money, which is handy for me. He was trying to sell me something in one of his houses the other day. I said, I'll just wait till you give it to me. I'll get it in the will. It doesn't matter. I need to buy it now. Uh, <laughs> and he did a fake laugh, but it made him feel better. Anyhow, 
Uh, my dad was, and, and he, he attributes his success, and he got all the, the gold this and the that award, and he's got the, he's, you know, he, one time he got a, a, a trophy that was a, a hand grenade. We all thought that was, the kids all thought, we all thought that was awesome. It was, a, it was, didn't work. It was disappointing, but. Um, but he attributes this, that he would pray before every sales meeting. Holy Spirit, help me to know what this customer wants. Help me to, to connect it with the, with the, with the product. Help me, help me get this sale. That's what he attributes it to. He doesn't consider himself a good salesman. He just considers himself smart enough to know, hey, let's pray about this, and let's pray about that. I love Harris's story. He was wanting more hours at work, and then he prayed about it. And by the end of the week, he was full-time. And you sort of think, well, what, you know, that was after, am I right, Harris? A, a, a couple of weeks of worrying, a couple of weeks of frustration, a couple of weeks of, oh, man, what's going on? And then, oh, what I really need is, come on, what do you really need? Why don't you make a solemn request to God? And, and then next time you think of it, you know, because you'll think of it again, all of us who worry, it will come back to you. And just use that as an opportunity to just pray again. Pray continually, amen? Rejoice always, pray continually, and give thanks in all circumstances. Now, how many people know uh, in a salad, you've got to have the ingredients, you've got to, you can't, if you want cucumber, courgette, looks like cucumber, won't work the same, right? Looks like it's not the same thing. You've got to find the right ingredient. Uh, if you're making the salad I'm talking about with tomatoes and cucumber and balsamic vinegar, malt vinegar won't work either. And white vinegar won't work either. Even It's, it's got to be the right things. In the, after, it doesn't matter too much about the amounts, but you've got to have the right ingredients. You've got to have these things going on and, and rejoicing and praying and thanking in all circumstances. You know, uh, if we're rejoicing... The old translation says, rejoice evermore. This is the King James translation from the 1500s. It says, rejoice evermore. And you sort of think, well, how can you always be rejoicing? See, if you're rejoicing in your job, you won't always be rejoicing, will you? Because you'll have good days and you'll have bad days. If you're rejoicing in your finances, you'll have good days and bad days. If you're rejoicing in your health, you're not always going to be rejoicing. But if, if our connection, our rejoicing is connected to our eternal salvation, then you can rejoice evermore because we have an eternal home in heaven. And our rejoicing in here and now comes from our perspective of heaven. This is because, hey, it's going to work out. We can be joyful in this tension or in this challenge or in this difficulty. We can rejoice evermore because we know God's got an eternal plan because of who Jesus is, right? And, and see, once you've got that rejoice evermore, so our rejoicing is connected to our evermore, right? Rejoice evermore. Then it gets, then it's a lot easier to pray continually then, doesn't it? Because your rejoicing is connecting to an eternal perspective. So then when stuff goes on, it's pretty easy to pray about and bring that request to this God. So it's not a rule, hey, we need to pray. If you're going to be Christian, you need to pray. If, hey, if you've got a connection to this evermore God who brings joy into our life, then your nat the natural overflow should be that you're praying and bringing requests to God, presenting those requests to God. And then once you're rejoicing evermore and you're praying all the time about stuff that goes on, how many of you know it's a bit more possible to be thankful in all circumstances? When you read be thankful in all circumstances, how many know it can read, it can sound a little bit perverse? Yeah, hey, thank you, Jesus, I've got a flat tire on my car. Oh, thank you, Jesus. It's raining as well. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I'm half an hour late. 
Oh, thank you, Jesus, the spare tire's flat as well. Oh, thank you, Jesus. That, that doesn't even matter because I don't have a wheel brace anyhow. Oh, thank you, Jesus. My AA membership expired yesterday. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I, I don't even have cell phone coverage, so I couldn't have called them anyway. Ah, oh, thank you, Jesus. That it's not a real problem anyway because I'm about to bleed to death from the accident in the first place. Thank you, Jesus. Right, it can sound like that, can't it? And Christians, we do sound like that a little bit of time. Oh, praise God. And, and some of our non-Christian friends are going, what are you talking about? But come on, if we've got a real connection to an eternal God, we're presenting our daily requests to Him, you know He's going to start doing them. Things are going to start changing, and then we're going to be thankful. Hey, I'm thanking you, God, for this. I'm thanking you, God, for my eternal salvation, and I thank you, God, for what you're doing in my world. Is that cool? How many people know that it, the thing that makes a difference, you know, the thing that turns um, tomatoes, lettuce, and a and you know, sort of, if you have tomatoes and lettuce uh, in a bowl, maybe some grated carrots, what you have is tomatoes, lettuce, and greatest carrots in a bowl. What you have is food for rabbits is there. That's food for rabbits. Uh, and, and what turns food for rabbits into food for people? What turns it from, it's just a collection of vegetables that you found somewhere, now it's a salad. What, turn, what, what is it that turns around? How many people, what, what? Best foods mayonnaise, spoken like a true island person. Uh, best foods mayonnaise. How many people know the best foods mayonnaise turns, turns rabbit food into something suitable for human beings to consume, right? Yeah, for me, it's olive oil that will do the same thing, right? And I always have to, you know, how many people have to, you, you cook in the kitchen and then you, you, you have to cook in the kitchen, but your wife sometimes is around? So you have to time it. So Christine's gone down the hallway to get something, so now's the time to put the olive oil on the salad while she's not watching. Right, because she likes it to have lots of olive oil. She likes it as long as she doesn't know, right? Because if she knows that she would only have like about a, a table, I don't need a table. I only need about a tablespoon. I need a little bit, right? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, okay, it's okay. I need a tablespoon. I need a tablespoon, and then you just, you pour it into the tablespoon. <laughs> and the good thing about tablespoons is they don't have lids, so it just flows over the top. <laughs> and then you just go like that. And how much how much oil is on the table? Oh, only a tablespoon. I only use one tablespoon. And there's a little bit of spillage, right? But the reality is, you know, re this scripture says, come on, rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks to God in all circumstances, because this is the will of God for one. And then it just says this, don't quench the Holy Spirit. You know, sometimes we want, we want, uh, we want, uh, we want the, the, the God life, we want a God life, God doing miracles in our world, or we, you know, we, we want God's presence in our world, uh, but we, we're not prepared to slosh on the dressing. We, and it's really, it's the Holy Spirit, His presence with us, His, His work among us, it's actually the Holy Spirit that turns just ordinary life into something that's awesome. It's, it, it, I, I think of the Holy Spirit in terms of my analogy this morning, uh, like the mayonnaise part of the salad, like the oil part of the salad. The, 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 the thing that makes your the thing that makes you rejoicing, not weird, is actually the presence of the Holy Spirit. The thing that allows you to pray continually and, and make it life-giving is that it's the Holy Spirit's in us, and He's working in us, He's a problem now. And the thing that, that allows us to be thankful is His Holy Spirit with us. You know, um, the, Ben, why don't you come? Thanks, guys. Uh, we, we probably won't finish with a song because I'm, I'm talking too much anyway. But the, um, how many people know what I'm talking about? You can sing the song... You can, we could sing the songs in church without any dressing, and it's still pretty, it's still healthy, isn't it? 
it's still healthy, but do you want to keep doing that? And, and sometimes you can, I don't know if you've ever read your Bible and it's, it felt a bit dry. I don't know if you've ever tried to do the right, how many of you have ever tried to be doing the right thing in life? Doing, oh, I've got to do the right thing. I've got to make a, a good moral choice. Hopefully some of you have tried to like make moral choices, right? <laughs> but actually you can, you can make moral choices out of discipline or out of, uh, or out of social convention. But actually, if the Holy Spirit's at work within us, making those moral choices becomes something that we want to do. I should eat more lettuce. Now, if the lettuce is covered in best foods mayonnaise, then you want to eat more lettuce. You don't need someone to tell you about the health benefits of lettuce because now it tastes good. And that's what I think we need to open our heart to this morning. You know, I really believe that we need to be a people of great thanksgiving. We need to be people who thank God for everything. And hopefully you've got a list of 10 things that you're most thankful for across the sermon. If you don't, you're going to have to be kept late. Or you don't, no one gets to go home uh, until you've done your 10 things, right? Or else you have to run light, right lines. But, but come, come on, it's, it's, it's easy to think. How many of you have ever thought, oh, I wish I was more joyful? Anyone tried to be more joyful? I, I've done that recently. A little bit weird. Oh, I wish, if you've ever struggled to make the right moral choices sometimes, you think, oh man, I I keep letting myself down morally. I don't know if you've ever felt that feeling. I'll keep, oh, this is not really the way I want to live my life. I'm trying to make a better choice. And you can feel quite a lot of pressure. You you will feel guilty if you're doing that. You feel depressed sometimes because you're trying to do something that you know is good. It's the same as if you're trying to drink a lot of carrot juice. It's just like, well, I really should do it. You know, but the Holy Spirit at work within us brings us, the Bible says the Holy Spirit leads us into all truth. The Holy Spirit's our comforter and our guide. Sometimes we think about that that weirdly, but actually the Holy Spirit helps us live out the God life, the, the life that God's got for us. And it begins with us opening our heart and saying, Holy Spirit, fill me again with your presence. Holy Spirit, fill me again with your power. I want to live my life with your help in my world. Amen. Cool. There's two things I want to do just before we close. Why don't you close your eyes and bow your heads. Let's pray. First of all, I want to give people an opportunity to acknowledge Jesus. And I talked at the beginning of the service about the fact that the center of everything we do in church is, is Jesus. And it's His sacrifice on our behalf that allows us our, allows our life to be connected with God the Father. It allows our life to be connected with Creator God of the universe is because Jesus died in my place that allows me to have a relationship with the Creator of the universe and it allows Him to be at work in my world. So this morning while everyone's got their heads bowed and their eyes closed, what we, at the end of every service here, we love to give people an opportunity to acknowledge Jesus either for the first time, maybe you've never made the decision before to, to identify your life with Jesus Christ and say, I'm going to identify my life with Him. I'm going to choose to ask Him to forgive my sin. And I, want, and I want to choose from now onward to live with His presence in my life. When we make that decision to acknowledge Him first as our, our, our Lord and Savior, and then to live our life in honor of Him, what happens first of all is that we, we're we're, we're assured of a place in heaven throughout eternity. And number two, we, we begin to live a different life here on earth as God works in our world. We live with more purpose. We live with more vision. We live with more hope. And so the, this morning, if you're here and you've never made the decision to acknowledge Jesus before, or perhaps you've made that decision way back in the past, or maybe not that far away, but for whatever reason, perhaps you've walked away from that commitment. And this morning, maybe you want to take this opportunity to recommit and to rededicate your life to Him. If you're in either of those categories, while everyone else has got their heads bowed and their eyes closed, uh, 
what I want to do is just in a second I'll pray. But before I pray, if you're wanting to make the decision this morning, just shoot your hand out wherever you're sitting. Give me a wave and say, yeah, that's me. I want to acknowledge Jesus. I want to invite Him into my world. And then uh, either as a first-time commitment or as a recommitment. And once I've seen your hand, you can put it back down. And then uh, we're going to pray in just a second. So I'm just looking around. If that's you, just shoot your hand up. Uh, and then we're going to move on in just a second too. If that's you this morning, just acknowledge Jesus by lifting your hand and then we're all going to pray together. No, that's cool. That's very cool. Could we stand to our feet? Is that all right? Across the room? Why don't you, why don't you jump to your feet? And uh, just maybe why don't you lift your hands wherever you're standing or respond to God somewhere, close your eyes and focus on Him. And... I don't don't need to know everything to know that we could all do with more of the Holy Spirit's presence in our world. And uh, definitely by the end of the year, you can start to wear out. You can start to feel like life has become a bit of a grind. But uh, this morning, uh, just before we finish, I want to pray for every person here. And I'm I'm praying for you. And I pray that there's a prayer in your heart or a a desire in your heart that says, God, I want to receive more of your presence in my world. So maybe just lift your hands and just receive from God as we pray together. Holy Spirit, right now, I just pray for every person in this building. And Lord, Lord, I just release you, Holy Spirit to work in our world, to move in our lives, Lord God. Lord, it's our desire to live lives that honor you. It's our desire to live lives that are that are full of the good fruit, love, the joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. And Lord, we know that those that fruit doesn't come from trying hard, but it comes from your Spirit at work in our world. So right now, we open our hearts to you, Lord God. We ask you to move in our world. And Lord, I pray this week, Lord God, as we live a life that's more rejoicing, as we live a life that's full of thanks, as we live a life connected to you in prayer. Lord God, we pray, Holy Spirit, that we wouldn't quench your work in our world. We wouldn't hold you back in our heart. But Lord, we'd release you to move. We pray in Jesus' mighty name. Everybody says, Amen. Amen. Give someone a high five. The person next to you would be easiest rather than the other side of the room. And uh, and I, it's a, I think it's a challenge. It's a good, it's one of those easy memory verses. Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances. It's, it's three whole verses of the Bible. And it's nice and easy to remember. And I, I just pray that it's a challenge that God, the Holy Spirit brings to your mind because uh, I reckon that's, that's a great way to live your life, isn't it?